You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. This is episode six of the Small Moves podcast. And today we're going to be interviewing Russell Comer. Uh, Russ is a buddy of mine who is a government contractor by trade, uh, works with the DOD. And that's all we're going to say about that. On the side, he also happens to be a WordPress and Java uh, web developer. But what we're mostly going to be talking about today is his other little side project that he's been doing for a while now, and that is trading stocks. Um, Now, the term trading stocks is something that's somewhat ambiguous to a lot of people. People don't really know exactly what it means, including myself, uh, prior to really looking into it. Uh, The concept of trading versus investing, what the differences are between those two things. We're going to be getting into that as well. Uh, Russ is a pretty interesting guy. He's got a really great, in my opinion, a really great take on um, stock trading, which is um, boiled down very simply. Don't get greedy. Um, Be very careful and don't get greedy is probably the simplest way to explain sort of his philosophy. Um, He runs a website called tradingtap.com, which is a which has a blog and a podcast. And he also offers a uh, a free email based course that kind of walks you through the basics of learning what trading is. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about that and also about um, one of my favorite movies um, that I knew had growing up, which was uh, the Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd trading places movie from the, uh, the 80s. Um, always good to reminisce a little bit, especially when it happens to be about a subject that's pertinent to the conversation. But I won't get too much into it. I want to leave it for the show. But I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys do too. And w- let's get ready for the show. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Russ, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Jason? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there. I understand. Um, I was going, I was, as I was explaining to everybody during the introduction of the show, um, you are not a full-time Stock trader, like that's not your full time gig. This is something that you picked up, I, I guess, initially really as a hobby, you know, while you while you were professionally doing other things. Um, t- tell everybody, you know, tell the audience a little bit about sort of that that transition. Like, how did you sort of how did you trip over the idea of stock trading as I guess initially a hobby, or what you know, where did that idea come from for you? Like, to explain that a little bit for me. Well, I got, actually got started years and years ago. Um, you know, I, when I started working my full-time job that I'm still at today, um, all the guys, you know, all the guys you work with, they tell you, oh, you need to be in your 401ks and this and that. Well, I started looking into it deeper and deeper, and I've talked to, talked to a few people, and this was 2007. So it was right before the big uh, big crash Crazy. we had in 2008. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I looked at like Scott Trade and all that, and I never even funded the account. I opened the account, but if you don't fund it within like a month, they close it. Yeah. Um, so I got into that and decided it was like well over my head. I'm just like 19 at the time, and um, so I started putting in 401k, and I I was losing mo- more money than I was putting in, which I'm so glad I stayed with it because everything bounced back the way it did. I, I've made leaps and bounds in in with that with that account. I just kept dumping money into it, and now I realize. Now looking back, I should have put more into the account, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight, yeah, sure. I mean that that hits everybody in the world that has any kind of return on their money. It's like it's like if I'd only put in five thousand instead of one thousand, or if I only would have, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, of course, of course, that's true. Okay, yeah. So, but at the time, everybody was like, oh, don't put your money in that. You know, that, that's like the whole dynamic of the stock market, which I later learned was, but. um from there, I kind of just kept going with that because I was busy with, you know, starting to pretty much working my way up through where I was at. And you mean with your job? You mean with, with, your with, job? My, with my job? Yeah, I don't. This is all part time. This is all outside of work. I don't have to do anything while I'm at work. Got it's it. not nothing you do while you're there. Um, Got it. But from there, I um, I think maybe was that 2011, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching 
think I went back. It sounds crazy, but I actually went back and I was watching uh, Batman Begins. <laughs> of all things, Batman Begins. And what, what my interest about that was when he was in the back of the limo and they're talking about the stock market and how he was funding things with his trust fund and somebody, he his company went public and how he made all this money or whatever. It really piqued my interest. So I actually started looking it up, looking into it. Next thing, to, you know, that is when you start Googling things, you dive down that rabbit hole. Next thing you know, I'm opening an account up and looking into things and it it all kind of snowballed from there. Um, but I've made I've made some good money and I've I've lost a lot of money. Luckily, it's kind of balanced out. You know, it's been an expensive learning learning curve. But as is I've anything got, worth as is anything worth learning, frankly. Oh yeah, especially with this. But I've actually kind of honed out a, a better way for me and for people that are working and don't plan on trading full time. Like if if you're a full time or you're aspiring to be a full time trader or day trader. Um, the style that I use is not going to work out for you. Is the style that I've, I've found a way to incorporate in with my life of having a full time job. Got it. Which is more or less what I call short term investing, long term trading. Got it. And what do you, what do you mean? It's that that sounds counter to what, as far as I, the basic definitions of those two things. That sounds sort of counter to the definitions that I'm aware of. Like one would think it's like, well, it's long-term investing and short-term trading. How? What do you? What do you mean by the other way around? Basically, when people think of trading, they're thinking day trading. Like you're in and out, and within an hour, hour, couple, couple hours. hours sure. I mean, some people even think long-term trading is a couple of days. When I say long-term trading, I'm talking months, like weeks, mo- weeks, months, weeks, weeks, two months. Yeah. I mean, I'm I've bought a couple stocks I've held for six months. And 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 they've tripled, but you got to hold on to them long enough. You got to hold on to them through the down, and just kind of, and that, that at that point you kind of need to know more of the fundamentals of a stock. Um, and a lot of times it's hard to keep up with, especially with the way things are going today. I mean, things are moving, getting kind of crazy in the in the financial world because of the, it's so reliant on the political world and realm and everything going on with that with the government. So it's it's really tough to keep up with it. And I've found a kind of a better way. Actually, I kind of got this off uh, Jim Cramer, believe it or not, of all people. Um, so a lot, well, a lot of people don't like him, so um, I kind of <laughs> I, I tend to like his logic. But um, ETFs is like the, the way to go because you're then you're not buying individual stocks. You don't really need to keep up with an individual company with their individual earnings and who's leading the company. You just kind of buy the whole sector. Now you're talking is that that's from the perspective of investing or trading? Trading. More okay. like more, more actually, or less trading. Okay, gotcha. Actually, let let let's pause for a second. Just for for the for the sake of anybody that's listening to the show that might not know what the difference is. Can you actually let's let's take a quick quick uh quick right turn for a second? Sure. Tell people what is the difference between trading, meaning I guess trading stocks, I would imagine, mm-hmm. trading versus investing like what's the technical difference between those two things investing think of like warren buffett that investing is my whole whole, for years for years for like you think think of your retirement account your 401k you know mutual funds just something you're going to buy into and not touch just let because over the course of 30 years you're going to make money you're going to lose money and the, the idea of investing is just buy and hold rock solid companies or what seems to be rock solid companies at least at the time same no, well no one knows the future so sure. but and you just kind of hold on to them and let them grow and like with the S&P 500 over the course if you'd have bought it with um i think 2007 to 2017 so 10 years if you'd have hold if you'd have bought into the S&P 500 which is the 500 most uh, are i guess 500 that's best stocks in on the stock market the current the u.s stock market yes you got u.s stock market it's, it's between it. nasdaq and the um nyse got but it. um it's the top 500 companies and with buying with if you'd have bought into that and held it for 10 years i think you'd have still made 54 percent increase on your money okay so i mean that, that's over 10 years and it, it's holding through the whole 2008 thing that, that's that yeah buying, that's it that's, that's buying including the massive that's that's including the massive downturn initially. 
you'd right. still be you'd still be up 50%, give or take. Right. And if if you'd have bought in 2008 after everything fell, I think it'd been like 130%. Something. I know I went back and there's like a calculator generator somewhere. I went and done the math on that just to kind of prove the point that long-term holding is not not the devil. Sure. But um investing is definitely holding for the long term or trading is you're not going to hold it very long. You're looking to catch catch the gain and get out. Whether that's a couple seconds, a couple minutes, a couple days. Um, like when uh, think of like um, there, there's all types of quote unquote different trading, I guess. But uh, like there's quantitative trading where there's the people um, like that book Flash Boys, where they talk about people were. Uh, setting al- algorithms to run in and trade. I mean, within microseconds, in and out, like within literally seconds. Um, and and it, unless you're like heavy, heavy into like programming stuff, like it, I wouldn't even worry about that. Yeah, but you you can sit there and trade. Yeah, no, the thought like, of that is terrifying to somebody <laughs> like me. Like, I mean, the, the the thought of the thought of having having a swing like that on on anything is just mortifying to me. I might like I might be in the minority. I don't know, you know, but that's just not something that appeals to me. <laughs> it doesn't to a lot of people. But and then you have like the shorter term trading, day trading kind of people where you see like the um, image of them like with six monitors and watching charts and staring at a screen all day. I know the type. Yep. Yep. And that's that's my, like my best friend. My best friend's dad does that. Like I've you know wandered past their house at one point in the in the future in the past, and he, that's the exact setup. Like yeah, the three four monitors set up with all the different ind- indices going wonky on every which way, with the list of stocks on on one screen, all the indicators on the other. It just yeah, I've seen that. Um, also, is, ter- it, it, it's also impossible terrifying. to do with. Yeah, it's impossible to do with a day job. It's I've tried, and I've I've. I've sat at night in the evenings and gone through chart after chart and picked out the um, what I thought was going to happen the next day. And then I do at you can do like set your orders at night so they hopefully trigger during the day and go off during the day. But then I've had a miss like they they gap over it and I, and and if you're at work you don't know and the next thing you know. But if you're sitting here watching the screen, you could get out of the trade if it missed you know, if it missed your stop your stop points or whatever. But I'm at work. I don't. I don't have that ability. And here it is. I pick my phone up and look. I'm like, oh my god. So, <laughs> so if you're working full time, day trading is probably not a good. Not for you. No. Yeah. And, and and I know that there's some. There's a lot of people out there like myself that you have the 401ks, you have the long term investing, but you kind of want to do something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that I guess that's so appealing with like uh, something like Jim Cramer is because he's like. Three four months, his outlook is three to four months, maybe six months. It's nothing. He he may hold on for a year, but I mean, you kind of just go with the flow. You buy into it now, and you just kind of keep an eye on it. You know, if things start to not look good for it, you get out, kind of thing. You just kind of hold on to it, ride the storm, and try to get like all your dividends out of it too. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. 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 Works a lot better that way, and there's. And because you're trading in that form to where you're buying and then selling, not selling, then buying, there, that's a whole other dynamic. I won't get into that. It's kind of confusing. But sure. because, you, because you're just buying and simple buying and selling, you can do things like um, use Robinhood. Uh, I'm a huge proponent for them because they're, it's free. Strictly on your phone, but it's free. Sure. Yeah. No. I re- I remember when you and I initially talked about this, and you were kind of giving me some init- some pointers to start, you know, um, tinkering around with trading. I remember that was one of the first things you told me about was Robinhood. So I yeah, I downloaded it. That's what I, that's what I use right now myself. Yeah. It's a it's a great platform. I'm. It, it's just crazy to think like everybody, um, like when you start talking about trading and everything else, people start talking about like quoting, and you need to have up on minute to minute, like you have level two quoting. It's like, where's no delay. And then some, I think like Yahoo finance is like a 15 minute delay or something like that. And everybody's complaining about how slow it is. I'm like, go back 30 years. Yeah. They, people were making investment decisions off or trading decisions off day old. Data. Yeah. 
yesterday the newspaper off the, off the newspaper yeah like, the newspaper i remember like i mean i'm i'm 30 it's like i'm 37 it's like i'm 37 years old i remember when we were growing up in you know i'm you know i'm here in baltimore like we had the baltimore we got the baltimore sun every day i remember seeing those like i'm not that old i remember seeing those in in the paper every single day it's a printout of all the stocks from from i guess the fortune 500 i can't imagine in the newspaper there was the listed stock price of every stock in the work you know on the entire market but I remember it was quite a few pages in the market in the newspaper growing up that is like, hey, this is the this is the open, this was the close, you know, for this stock. Okay, move on to the next one, open and close and range and move on. And yeah, I mean it was and we didn't have access to that information otherwise, really. And, and if um, you did, it cost you lots. I mean, just, I mean, just to get into trading itself, like commissions. You're looking at thirty some dollars just to buy in. Now it costs you Nothing. Yeah. Like, from- I don't think anybody really realizes the the, the dynamic here that's it's changed and how accessible the stock market has become. And they think they some people are still not. I don't want to say afraid, but they think it's just such a high barrier entry, like they can't get in it. And like, no, <laughs> you can now actually anyone can get in it. Now let's stop there for a second because that's something that I've always been curious about. And the whenever I try to do a search online to sort of answer this question, I have a little like the answers that I'm getting are getting vague. How is it possible to buy a stock for free? Like how is that possible? Like I understand some of the trade. I understand how online trading platforms, like you you mentioned earlier, Scott Trade or TD Ameritrade or you know what is it Trade King or like some of the other some of the other resources that are out there. Like they're able to charge you know seven ninety five a trade, four ninety five a trade or whatever. Like it's obviously massively la- like significantly cheaper than it used to be when you're dealing with. That you're like with your with the screaming guy with his hair on fire on the phone that's telling you to sell everything in the world, you know, buy and sell everything in the world simultaneously, which was always funny to me. Um, but like, yeah, you were you were you were spending thirty bucks, forty bucks every trade. Now it's you know seven dollars, six dollars, five dollars, and in Robin Hood's case, free. How? Like, I get five bucks. It's a tr- it's an online platform. We're dealing with software. It costs massive amounts of money up front to set those algorithms up. But once those programs are running, it's it's self-directed. You, you don't need massive amounts of labor to keep it going. So I get that. How the hell can you buy a stock for free? Like where somebody has to make something somewhere. Where does the money come from? Like how do you do how do you do that? I don't know. Well, but well, back in the day, obviously it was all manpower, like you said. So you, you had to pay people. Obviously, now it's all on computers and servers and everything to there's no manpower hardly involved now at all, sure. which there and the reason why they're still charging seven dollars because that's their business model. And I may I may not be 100 percent correct on this, but um, but that that's from the, what I see that it's their business model that they're going. And so they have to that's how they continually keep making money is through that form of Trade that fees. Right. And OK. And it's actually significantly dropped, like from what it used to be. Because I mean, they have had. I'm, I'm sure their manpower on their like Scott Trade and all them people that have significantly decreased because they're not making near as much money as they used to because they've had to cut the fees so much. I mean, trade uh, TD Ameritrade, I think in this earlier this year, dropped from ten dollars a trade to seven. But it's because they bought Scott Trade and they had, they matched Scott Trade's fees. Yeah, but that's a thirty percent revenue drop. Right. Yeah. And it's a 30% and, it, and and their stock their stock uh, showed that too. And their stock dropped. But the reason Robinhood can do it is they have something going for them that something like TD Ameritrade doesn't. What's that? It started with two guys. You don't have to make much money to pay two guys. Sure. The data the data is there. Like you can pull data from almost anywhere. Um to, to get into that type, that to get into those exchanges to where you can make trade. I mean you have to meet requirements. There's requirements a broker has to meet. Uh, I don't know all of this. This is kind of briefly what I've kind of read into and how Robinhood makes their money is not through commissions. They make it through people that want to get what's called margin and you pay so much per month to have that ability. So it's like 10 bucks a month for an extra two grand of buying power. So if you you have to have at least $2,000 in your account with them, which is pretty, which is pretty standard, but even if you had four thousand, like normal brokers, you get double. So if you have four thousand, you have access to eight thousand. 
Um, yeah, where... fifty thousand. You have access to a hundred thousand. Exactly. Got it. Okay. But with Robinhood, it's two thousand. Like Period. literally, I think it. I'm pretty sure it may have changed since then. But from when I looked into it, it was two thousand dollars on top of it. So they're charging ten dollars a month for that. Plus, you have that may be. I don't know if that's separate from Robinhood Gold or whatever. But it's it's basically. Um, it's all in their business model. It's it's how they want to choose to make money. They're going to make it either off per trade or they're going to make it on that. Now, Robinhood, caveat here, Robinhood isn't completely free trading. It isn't 100% free. It's, you know, you, I think it's one or two cents per trade. And that's just uh, exchange fees. You can't get away sure. from that. Sure. And I, I can't blame them for not wanting to cover that. They, someone else has to cover that. I, I think they've finally... Because they just started recently charging their ten dollars a month, so they've been running on investors fund um, and um, venture like capitalist an- funds, venture capitalists, an- angel investors, money, et Right, money they've raised. They've been running on that for quite a while to get to get their product out there and get it known. I think they just now started making money. I'm not a hundred percent on that, um, okay. but they they recently started making money. Okay, to, to support the business model because that's kind of what I was watching because I was afraid to go with them because. It's always kind of sketchy. Like I'm gonna put all my money in your account, and I don't know if you're gonna close up your doors tomorrow because you're a brand new startup, exactly. and every and everyone knows the life cycle of startups. You know, if you're not 100 percent successful, then you're out, kind of thing. So it it was kind of um kind of sketchy. There was a lot of people uh saying don't go with them. It, it made you made you cautious. So I, sure, I've been watching it, but. As it should I, be, as it should be. This is your investment money. Whether that, you know, whether that investment money is like pennies on the dollar for the money that you actually have saved, or if this is actually something that you're relying on to try and make something out of because of, you know, whether it be dire financial circumstance or you haven't had luck doing other things, so you're just going to try your hat at this. Whatever it is, like of of course, I mean that like you you're risk you're risking it significantly when you work with a startup. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, but their their money, your money in their account may be um, federally insured. I'm not, I don't know that for a fact. I've never really had a whole lot in there to have to really worry about it because I've always been cautious, so I don't put a whole lot of money in there. But I've seen I'm part of a couple of Facebook groups, and there's guys in there. There, I wouldn't believe them because you can't believe anybody on the internet. But if they wouldn't have had screenshots of their account, and um, they've got forty, fifty thousand dollars in there. So I mean, if, if they if they can dump all that money in there and not worry about it, and they're they're making trades left and right, and people that are making trades on there, they're showing me like I they went over through the whole year. I think actually Robinhood does this. It does a report for the whole year and tells you how much money you saved in uh, commission fees through the year. Uh, one guy one guy saved like ten grand. I'm well, like, that's a br- that's trade brilliant- that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like wait a second, hang on, ten thousand dollars divided by seven ninety five. Oh my God! You know, it's like, like, like what do you no, do th- all day? But actually, but actually, I mean that if they do that, I mean, just I I know this sounds like this is turning into a commercial for Robinhood. I swear to God, everyone, that is not the case. You know, Rob, it's like Robinhood's not paying us to do any of this stuff. But like, it, it's interesting. I mean, that's that's a brilliant marketing piece for them. Like, if they if they do that, and even even if it's just a simple metric where they show, okay, this person has placed. 200 trades average cost of a of a basic internet account right now 795 100 times 795 send them a message like hey did you know that you saved almost 800 dollars in trades this year like it's a great marketing piece for them probably doesn't cost them anything to put together like all they have to all they have to do is figure out an average cost of a trade do an auto calc in the client's account and then poof spits out what is would be a very enticing thing to remind people it's like hey remember don't move your money anywhere else this is every, once a year just to remind them hey remember remember us remember this is why you picked us hey remember this is why you picked us yeah right i mean and robin hood isn't suitable uh if you're a day trader you're not going to use robin hood unless you start getting in the quantitative which they have this is a hold down a hold on the road but if you're in a quantitative uh trading there's a thing called quantopian and they have an open API with Robinhood. So you could use Robinhood with them. Uh, but other than that, if you're a day trader, you're not going to be using Robinhood. Yeah. Um, because you're, you literally, because there's no desktop app. It's on your phone only. It's only a and mobile app. Okay. And it, it's it's there to target specific people. Um, I feel like people like you and I, someone that doesn't want to do this full time, that want to get into it, but don't have the time to stand in front of a computer. But you know, if you're at work, on your lunch break, you can look through stuff and hey, you know, 
this is this dropped X amount. And I even I get little reminders because it's stocks that I've bought in the past. Hey, this has dropped this much. Mm-hmm. Like little push notifications. So it, it, for someone like I feel like you and I, th- this is this is perfect. But if you're going to sit there and stare at a computer screen all day and you want to do this for like a living, nah, Robinhood's not not your cut for that. No, there's there's other platforms for that. Yeah, no, yeah, I've I've got a, I've got other stuff that I use my day for. You know, I've, it's like obviously I. Ha- Clearly, I have a podcast. Clear. Also, you know, from the last couple of interviews, one that I did with, you know, with Carrie, she was uh, Carrie's my wife. She was the she was the first interview on episode one, and I mentioned on the intro episode. You know, I have another business. I have something that I do here in the real world. Um, and then there's also now small the small moves podcast. So like I've got other stuff to do. I don't really have time, or frankly, investment assets enough to be able to make a living. Just sitting around, you know, staring at a screen, trading stocks. Um, nor do I. Nor do I have. Like, also, I also have too much nervous energy to be able to do that. Like, if you asked me to sit in front of us in front of a computer screen all day and stare at it, I'd probably eat the computer. Like, I just, I like by hour two, I'd probably start trying to figure out how to saute the monitor before I would actually be able to finish out the day. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't. That's actually that's actually a big issue when it comes to trading and a lot of the things in the trading community talks about more of emotion, patience and emotion. Like, and that's why people lose so much money that they're too quick to act because they're sitting there staring at it. Um, I've actually kind of done experiments. It's kind of why I went down the road I went because at first, when I first got into it, I wanted to be a day trader. I bought the six monitors. I got the vi- built my own computer. Had the video. I mean, I I had it. I got the software. I was doing it. And well, then I realized, you know, I'm not going to make enough at this to even quit my job and I can't really do it if I'm working. So th- yep. that kind of threw that out. But like I went to, um, I had an options express account at the time and they okay. have what's called virtual trading. Okay. And I went in there and set up a few trades cause you can get like was 20, I, I put in $50,000 cause that's what I would have. If I was say quit work, pull the 401k, I'd have about $50,000 and let's see what this I can do. Well, let, right. Let's see if I could do, let's see if I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. And Going in there through each day, checking it, changing it, tweaking it, whatever, I made hardly anything because I lost so much on one, but I made more. I made so much on this trade, it, it kind of bounced out to even. Yeah. When I went in there and I set a, set the trades, and I went away for a week, two weeks, and came back, I made like ten grand. Wow! Like, well, now now disclaimer on that: it's not. I wasn't buying stocks; it was options, which is a whole whole other thing. We sure, that's a whole other world. Yeah, I, it, my, is whole, of, it is a whole other world. Yeah, one of, one of my wife's best friends is, is. It's come up in conversation recently. Like she she's in the process of trying to learn how to trade options, and like it it came up in conversation one time on a Facebook, you know back and forth that we were having. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm like, that. that's no, 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 no. And not saying options trading is bad. Like it's, it's for certain people. Um, but as I understand it, I'm not one of those people. You can trade longer term options, but that if you're like, if you're trying to wrap your head around trading with stocks, options is not a, not a road to go down until you can kind of have the stock. Not, I want to say master, but like understood. Because it, it's it's a it's a derivative off a of stock, so it's it's trading on top of a stock. Like what you're trading, you're trading different instruments, but you're it's based on the stock itself. If that makes any sense at all, okay. It's it's very similar to the futures market, which is a whole another ball game in itself too. Have you ever okay. saw the movie Trading Places? Yes, with uh, that's that's one of my on favorite one of my favorite movies in the world that I still don't understand. Yeah, it's based off the futures market. Actually, it's funny. Plan, uh, Planet Money, the the Planet Money podcast, they recently did an episode about that movie. Like, it was actually really funny. They 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 interviewed people that are in the commodities trading market, and I'll, I'm actually going to link to that episode in the show notes for people that are kind of curious about it. It was actually a really funny episode, um, a great way for people to kind of learn a little bit about that. And it's like, hey, how how close to reality is this movie really? And they actually did a research on it, and it was surprisingly very accurate. Um, it was it was it was neat. It was a neat thing to listen to. I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. But anyway, you what were you saying about the options? Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the Options Express account. It's just the the fact that I did better 
when I, when I kept my hands out of it. So I was like, Hmm, maybe this is an approach I should go, go after. And that's, I guess that's right around the time that I kind of started, started seeing things for Robin Hood and kind of getting in that direction. And, um, basically that's when I started buying stocks and holding them for a longer period of time versus, and I also, there's a whole nother dynamic that happened in there. Like I, that's when I really was, I was in the options trading big time and I started using a virtual trading account because I got burnt so bad on an option. And that was my own, my own fault. It was no one else's fault. I, when I did it, I had a gut feeling that I should have not did what I did, but I did it anyway. And I lost, I almost lost the entire, actually I did lose the entire account, which, which stung, it stung hard. And that's why I kind of like took a step back with options. I'm like, should I even be in this? And then, yeah. so I started setting up virtual trades on their platform. Um, and I didn't like the way they executed their, their um, limit orders. It, it's definitely different than what TD Ameritrade did. And stop it's kind of like, stop, stop a second for, again, for people that are listening, what's a limit order? Um, It's like a predetermined price point that you set. So I'm trying to think here. Um, if try to explain it. Um, Say I have a limit of I might, might get roasted by people that actually know what it is, but let, let, well, let, let's make up a fictitious trade. I'm buying, I'm buying a stock right now where the stock price is $50. Like I I've heard the term like stops and limits. And I don't like, I, I have a loose understanding what those are, but like, what, what does that like? If I buy a stock at $50 and I want to get out, like I'm trading it, I'm not investing it. So I want to get out of it at a certain threshold. Like what, what is that? Like how would it would say like a stop order, which I'm still really vague on or a limit order, which I'm still kind of vague on. Like what, what, what would that be for something like that? You're going out and buying, you're going out and buying Google stock for $50 a share and you want to place a stop or a limit order. What is that? Uh, well, there's two different types of limit orders. You get a buy and a sell limit order. Okay. Um, and and the, the way they, it's just the way they work. It's kind of, it's different. Um, the buy limit order is say you want to say the current stock price is at fifty dollars and you don't want to buy it until it gets to fifty dollars and fifty cents. So you put in a, a limit, a buy limit order at fifty dollars and fifty cents. So it won't, the algorithm won't buy, go out and buy the stock until it hits that fifty dollars and fifty cents, which makes it great because then your hands off, you set it and walk away. Okay. Now the pro, now the another issue you run into is if you're trying to hold short term. You, it goes fifty dollars and fifty cents. You're in it. Well, then it goes back down. Drops to down forty nine dollars. Forty nine. Forty nine dollars. Yeah. You now own a forty nine dollars stock that you paid fifty fifty for. You, you've already lost a dollar fifty on it. Yep. So that well, that, that's when you get into where you can get you can get some complex orders to where okay, once this order's set and say this executes. Now, once that executes, I want to implement two more orders, so it'll do it automatically. To where, okay, I bought it at $50.50. If it drops back down to $50, I want to put a stop on it $50. So when it hits $50, it sells. sells. Got it. And also I want to put another another limit order. So if it goes up to $51.50, I want to sell it. I want to take my, take my money and walk away. And I've had that happen. Now, it was with options to where I've walked away from my desk. I, I had I, the night before I set set the order up. Come back to my desk by ten o'clock, and I've already made a hundred dollars. Okay. The the TD with TD Ameritrade, it went in and bought and sold within fifteen minutes, and I was like, "What what what just happened? I didn't even know what happened. I'm like, I didn't expect that to happen <laughs> that fast. And that's the danger of the, the options market; is it moves so fast, and that's that's kind of what burned me um, mm-hmm. with that, and that's kind of why you I know. took a step back. I took a step back and like, I don't know if this is the route I want to go. Um, unless I'm sitting there staring at the screen, which I know I won't be able to because I'm too impatient. Sure. So that that's what kind of got me going down the path of let's let me buy this stock for six months and let's see just to see what happens. And, and then you're out of, and I've, out of it the next morning. Well, no, I've, 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 that's when I started getting into like I bought some uh, MUX. That was one of the stocks I bought, and I held that for I held that for six months, and I made it went up three times the amount. Wow. So. That it was a significant, uh, I mean, it was over six months. And now, if I was watching it every day, actually, the reason I held it for six months, to be completely honest, is I forgot about it. <laughs> I, for, I forgot I forgot I had it. Um, because I, I only bought, I only think I only bought 
couple hundred dollars worth of it. And I it was me testing out the Robinhood app. Sure. And I had forgot that I even put the order in because I had log- more money. You forgot to log into Robinhood. Yeah. <laughs> I logged in. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, look crap. at that. <laughs> well, then I went back and started looking. And looking back now, I actually I sold it probably a little too soon. But uh, looking back now, it dropped back significantly. So I, I made a good decision. But I could have made more money with it. But but the the fact that the, the, the mentality here is longer, short short term in in terms of investing when you think of investing i'm talk i i'm thinking short term less than a year but when you think of trading that's long term trading okay and that's that's where I, that's kind of where i found the sweet spot especially if you're wanting to do if you're wanting to work like me i i work and i i'd like going to work i don't really look to getting rid of the job that i have right now yeah, I mean you you've got a job and if if I remember I mean la- last week you also can't do some independent consult, you know, contracted work on the, on the same topic on the side. And do do you mind do you mind just just really quick do you mind me saying what that is or do you would you rather kind of keep that separate? It's per- yeah, I don't what I don't consult. Yeah, like what, what yeah, the, that, what, that's what's, your, what's your what's your job? What do you what do you do when you're not you know, actively trading stocks, which is a lot more of your time than you are trading stocks. Like, what what is it that you do outside of this? If people want to know, well, my full time job, I'm actually a federal contractor, yeah. um, work for the Department of Defense, and I'll probably just leave that one there. Sure, but, um, <laughs> but I do do uh, some uh, con- consulting, like you said, on the side for like web development stuff. Kind of like the realm I'm going into. I, I do enjoy web development, and I would eventually like to move into that field, um, but We'll see how that goes. But I mean, okay. just they take time to, I mean, cause you got to work full-time job and then I'm trying to learn web development on the side, which I've been doing for the past four years now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's been that long. And then also have a 10 month old. So that takes up a lot of time. So it is great that I can, I'm able to trade and kind of keep up on these things on my phone. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, that's great. Um, so for, for somebody, for, if somebody's starting at zero now, just to let everybody know, it's like, um, uh, Russ has his own website, which I mentioned to you on the introduction to this show called tradingtap.com. That's sort of a resource page. It's got a blog. It's got a podcast that has somewhat lapsed a little bit in, uh, recent episodes. Um, but when Russ and I met a couple of years ago as a member of a ma- of a uh, of a mastermind group for people that are looking to launch online businesses, as anybody that knows that's listening, I tried to launch small moves quite a long time ago, and then I got distracted, as little ADHD people like me will do. Um, but you know, Russ and I met a while back, and when we were, he was originally talking about his podcast, he was launching and he was launching some solo episodes initially. And then he and I discussed is like, Hey, he knows a lot more about trading than I do. I know Jack. Let's maybe think about a format for your show where I sort of come on as a guest co-host periodically and just kind of use me as an experimental Guinea pig. And let's say is like, okay, I'm starting from zero, very much like small move, like very much like what we talk about with small moves in general. It's like, Hey, Russ, knows, Russ knows everything in comparison to me. I know absolutely nothing. I, let's teach me on air how to get into trading. Uh, we did one episode that I'll link to in the show notes as well um, on that, which is our very first episode, but we never really followed up after that. That was in February of this, of 2017. Um, but which I'd still love to get back to at some point, no pressure, Russ. Um, <laughs> but Hey, may- maybe it's, maybe it's something that we can turn around and do the opposite direction where we do a periodic update, you know, on the small moves podcast, but we'll, we'll discuss that another time. Um, the interesting thing the interesting thing about it is for someone that's starting from zero there are actually a lot of resources that are out there but they're kind of hard to find so like for people that are looking to get into trading like what would like and they're starting for, and they are legitimately starting from zero where would you recommend they start what should they do now obviously it's not go out and buy stock because that's the that's the part that's the most terrifying for people that are starting. It's like, oh my God, how do I choose? 
oh my God, is $78 the right price? Oh my God, when am I going to sell it? It's like, oh my God, it's up to 81. Should I get rid of it? The earnings report's about to come out. Should I wait for it? Wait a second. There's the jobs report. What the hell is the jobs report? Uh, 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 and then never do anything. So, you know, what, what would you, I mean, for people that are starting from scratch, where should they go first? Actually, I wrote a blog post on this. It's, um, starting for, um, starting to trade with less than 20 or with $20. Um, basically first thing you need to do is obviously you got to have money. That's like number one thing. So save money up, sell stuff off, whatever you got to do, you got to get, you got to get money first. Um, and the, the best thing to do is to, if you're going to buy a, choose a stock, um, you're not going to go wrong with the bigger, like mega stocks, like Microsoft, Apple, any right, right now, the way tech companies are going, tech is like what I would go into big um, tech, big tech, or big tech. like, yeah. um, like utilities, um, go into something like something that pays, uh, uh, also a decent dividend. So if you get into it, you're still going to make money whether the stock kind of goes up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also another pitfall pitfall is some utility stocks pay ridiculous amount of uh, dividend. Um, don't, don't get wrapped up into that. Stay with the big, big companies, the big name companies and kind of get your feet with wet with that. Or what I've been recently kind of recommending is, uh, get into sector spider spider is S P D R, um, sector spider ETFs. Those sp- specifically because there's a lot of shady ETFs out there. Um, when I say ETF, I mean, it's an exchange traded fund. Basically it's just a basket of stocks. Um, there's a ton of information on the website, um, on their website, sector spider. Um, I guess it's sector spider.com. Now what's the, what's the difference between say spider ETFs versus say a Vanguard ETF. Vanguard seems to sort of be the, the name that people hear the most when you hear this term ETF. And by the way, ETF stands for exchange traded fund. So it's kind of like a mutual fund, but it's traded as a stock on the stock market as opposed to a mutual fund where you buy, you can, you can buy and sell an ETF throughout the day, like a stock, whereas a mutual fund, what is it? End of the day pricing or beginning of the day pricing? Like how to remind it's, I believe it's end of the day pricing. End of the day pricing. Okay. So you, today, and the taxes, the taxes are handled a little different on that as well. Me, me, you meaning mutual funds versus ETFs? Yes. Okay. Got it. Well, neither of us are accountants. So while just on that point, I'll just say, talk to your accountant, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So moving on. So Spider versus, say, a Vanguard, like what's the, is it just another ETF company or do they have different specializations? They're different. It's a different ETF company. Um, a reason I say Spider uh, Sector Spiders is because it literally they follow the sector. That's why I say go with them. Um, okay. Because they, I think, now I can't, don't quote me, but I think they went to 11 sectors now. It was 10. I don't know, because they, they had just recently added a new one. Okay. Um, but the they if you want to get on like technology uh stocks you can do um let me see XLK I believe is what it is it's strictly technology stocks uh I think like 15% of their holding is apple so okay. so I mean uh, that way you can get exposure to apple google amazon you can get all that for I think $55 55 60 bucks versus the Several hundred dollars. I think Amazon's close to a thousand. Yeah, dollars yeah. a share now. Something, something Google, ridiculous. Google's give or take. What is it? Eight nine hundred bucks a share. Yeah, and they just did a split too, and already back up to where they were. Jesus, that's crazy. The only reason Apple's down like hundred and God, they're taking something now because they, well, they Apple. I think uh, split. I did a seven way split. Yeah, they did. They a were huge split. Yeah, I remember that when that happened. Yeah, and they've went up weight a lot since then. So. That's the reason I would go with the spider eat because they're well known. Um, that's the, that's the biggest thing is they're not. It's not some kind of spam thing. It's not they're out, out to just take your money. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna make money off you, well, but sure. they're not out. They're not out. To, they're they're not gonna close up overnight. Sure, kind of thing. So so if you're just getting started, I would highly recommend. I mean, if you don't really know what to get into, just go buy the SPY, which is the S and P 500. Which basically, when you buy the SPY, you're buying the S and P 500 index ETF. Yep. Which means you got exposure to all 500. All stocks. 500 stocks. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of that idea. Sure. 
and that's kind of like the benchmark. That's kind of like when they talk about people beating the market. It's whether or not they beat the S and P. The S and P, sure. So if you if you are buying the S and P SPY, you are going with the market. So you if the market gains five percent, you've got that five percent. Try getting that in the bank. Sure. And then combine that with a dividend with a potential dividend of last I checked, uh, I think it was Vanguard's S and P. I think Vanguard's S and P dividend was like I don't know one point eight, one point nine, but whatever it is, if you've got a market gain of five percent plus a dividend of almost two, you're at almost a seven percent rate of return with probably the the most conservative that you could possibly be while still owning stocks. Like you've got as broad a reach as you could possibly get. Yeah. So no, I get, I get, I get that idea. It's a hedging risk. That's like that's the biggest thing. And by buying into something like an ETF, you're 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 hedging your risk by being diversified as far as like widespread, like you said, versus being narrow. You can make more money off an individual stock, but then you're accepting more risk. Absolutely, that, sure. So I mean, you you got to find a balance. And when you're just starting, you're not going to go for the most riskiest thing. So don't go out and try to buy. The three dollars stock and hope it goes to seven. Yeah, no, because you don't you don't know anything. I mean, and that that was what that was one of the reasons why I came to you about the Trading Tab podcast idea at the beginning of this year. It's like I it's like I'd love to get into this. I don't know anything. It's terrifying. And the, the the there's there's courses that are out there. There's books that are out there. There's people that are out there that try to that say that they can teach you how to trade penny stocks or teach you how to day trade or whatever. And I'm like. Yeah, but you want a thousand dollars of my money to do to trade something where if I'm being reasonable and precautious, you know, at the start of this thing, I'm only investing a couple hundred bucks here and there. I'm already a thousand dollars in the hole for you telling me what to do, and I have no earthly idea if you know what you're talking about yet. You know, it just that that's the part that was scary for that's the part that's scary for me and scary for a lot of people. So yeah, I mean, uh, so you know, as for as for resources for people to get started, it sounds it sounds like. You know, the like I'm I'm gonna link to the blog post that you mentioned about uh learning how to trade with twenty dollars. Like I'm definitely gonna link link for people to take a look at that. But also, um it sounds like trying trying to pick a trading platform. If you're starting out initially, you're probably not starting out with a massive amount of a massive account size. So trading fee free is good. So it sounds like Robinhood might be a good resource there. Like, so there's no, there's no account minimum either. Cause like, uh, I believe, I believe Scott trades still an account minimum of $500. So you have to have $500 just to open the account. Sure. Sure. All right. So yeah. What, what else, I mean, what else would you say for somebody, for somebody that's just kind of getting started? So look at, look at Robinhood hard just because it's free. So why not? Um, and also as a caveat, Remember the entire point of this enti- this conversation. We're not talking about day trading. We're talking about people that very much like I'm sure most of the people that are listening. You do other things for a living. Might it be cool to eventually learn to trade stocks and be a full time stock trader? Yes, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about trying to figure out a way to make a little bit more with the assets that you probably already have. Don't rely on it as an income source, a current income source. Like that's probably the safest thing that I can say about this whole conversation is we want to focus on a longer term, longer term, longer. It's, it's active trading, but from the perspective of long-term investing, like you we're talking, we're talking about a percentage of your total assets that maybe you can get, maybe you can take 80, to 90% of your assets and put it into safe, conservative, long-term investments. And if you're looking to find something else to do with the massive amount of free time that I'm sure that we all have, this could be something that you could learn to play around with, you know, your five, 10% of your assets, no more than you're comfortable losing. As everybody always says, it's like, never, never, never trade with more than you're comfortable with losing. It's, Kind of funny how people apply that moniker to both stock stock market investing and also going to a casino for the weekend. Kind of funny how the monikers tends to stick in both both situations because it can because it's true. It's like the well, you can trading can become gambling, and that's that's the that's the scary thing about that is it that can become 
like it just is like some people can get addicted to gambling. That same thing can happen with trading. Sure. And that should not be the case at all. Sure. Trading should not be treated like like gambling. I mean, you get to the point where you're day trading and you're watching the charts in and out. It can almost start to feel like that, uh, but it, it shouldn't be like that. Not with a longer term deal, because there's so many more things that you have going for you that you know, um, as far as like knowing a possible direction of a stock longer term. Now, knowing what that stock's going to do in the next hour, yeah, good luck trying to figure that out. You can read all chart, you can read all the charts you want, and still only only have maybe if you're lucky, fifty percent. Yeah, being correct. I mean, he's yeah, going up or down, coin, so you got to be. Coin, you're going to be fifty percent. Yeah, it's a coin flip, right? Yeah, if you if for short term, but longer term, if you know the company's innovating, something like Amazon. I mean, look look at what they're doing. You know, you know that stock's going to end up going up over the next over the course of next year. It may drop in the me- now and in the meantime, end. sure. But o- overall, it's going to be up, and that that's you want to catch that longer trend. You don't want to try to you don't want to try to catch the little bumps. You're you're yeah you're going to miss out a lot of opportunity, quote unquote opportunity, mm-hmm. as some people call it. But I think it's just kind of being in the right place at the right time, kind of opportunity. I'd rather just take the safer bet and say, I know I have a pretty good idea. In the next year, Amazon's going to. I know they have this coming down the pipe and this this this. So I know they're going to be up within the next year from where they're at right now. Well, it's a it's an opportunity for people that are staring at a screen all day. Like I have I have other things that I do with my day, so do you. So do a lot of the people that are listening. So like yeah, if if you look at an ideal world where all of us have like let's let's let, let's stare into the future for a second when maybe all of us in this country have some form of like a universal basic income where we don't necessarily have to have a job. All of our needs are taken care of. We can do whatever we want with our time. And we're sitting there staring at a screen trading because that we think that that's the best use of our free time that we now have. We're not there. None of us are really there. There might be some people that are listening that are there. God bless you all. But there's not that many people that are like that. So for people that are distractible every day with those pesky little things like, you know, jobs and kids... um. The, the yes, can you? Ma- is there other? Are there ways to maximize returns on trades that we're not talking about today, and that the people that do do this for a living have the ability to take advantage of? Yes. How about we end the conversation at yes? There are ways to do that, but I'm not going. I don't have the time to take advantage of that. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty solid place to wrap up. I mean, do do you have any do you have anything else that you want to make sure that you get to people that are listening on this topic? Um, Can't get rich overnight. That's probably the biggest one. Thank uh, God. There is there is no overnight sensations here. I mean, there there may be a handful, but you know, let's say say the quickest way to make a million dollars in the stock market start with nine hundred ninety thousand. <laughs> that's the quickest way to make a million. <laughs> Um, and actually on that point really quick, um, th- there's, there's, um, for, for people first, for people that are listening, how can they track you down? Uh, whether it be for trading, Hey, for trading tap or for, if they're trying to develop a website and they, they need some word, WordPress help, you know, like what, what's a, what's a good way for people to sort of reach you? Is it Facebook? Is it email? Is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? Like what, what's, what's a good way for people to sort of track you down? Well, I have um, the website tradingtap.com and my website russellcomer.com. But uh, Twitter is also another one I use a, a good bit. Okay. Um, at, at tradingtap for Twitter and an at rustycomer for um, my personal account. Okay, fair enough. Uh, really quick for um, just a couple, just a couple resources from your website that I want to sort of harp on a little bit. Um, you've got your uh, investment calculator. That you that you have on your website that was actually a really insightful little thing for me as simple of a calculation as it is um, the um, for everybody listening um, when when trying to when Russ and I were digging in a little bit more about how I could initially learn how to get into trading um, one of the one of the most important things that the, one of the things I'd say that hit me the hardest was the way to go into trading and not to be emotional about it is to go into every single trade knowing your floor and knowing your ceiling 
no matter what is actually happening with the stock. If it's crashing, know your out point. If it's skyrocketing, no matter how much that potential upside is, understand that you that you're looking at this as an investment. You're looking at it for for anybody that's out there that has their own business. You're looking at this like a business. Is there unlimited potential in some investment options? Yes, it's rare, and it takes up way too much mental energy to focus on all of them. So knowing well, you- what, knowing your upside and downside before you pull the trigger in the first place is really you don't important. want to be a chaser yeah and then the one chaser yeah so on his website and i'll link to it also in the show notes there's a he has a quick calculator where you basically say this is the total value of my account russ doesn't advocate trading any more than really four stocks at any given time just because it can get too complicated so his calculation assumes you take 25 percent of the account value into any one amount. So you all you put in is say, I have $100,000 in a trading account or $1,000 in a trading account, whatever it is, it'll say, okay, in whatever the trade that you're th- thinking about is, you can invest a maximum. I'm going to use $100,000 as an example. Your account value is $100,000. The stock price that you're looking to purchase is $50. So based on those are the only two inputs that you need. You put those things in, it hits enter, it says, okay, for this trade, you cannot use um, any more than $25,000, which at the stock price translates to X numbers per share. You're buying it at 50. You want your downside to be capped at 1% of your account value, or since it's since we're talking about this is this one investment is a quarter or one fourth of your total account value. That particular investment being your downside is capped at a 4% drop or 1% of the total value drop, and then a 3% of total value or 12% for the individual investment upside. You set those back to what we were saying earlier, stops and limits, you set those right at the start and it auto calcs what those are. When your stock price of $50 drops to X, sell, no matter what happened, what else is happening. And then when the stock price climbs to Y, sell, no matter what is happening. It keeps the emotion out of it. It keeps the worry about whether um, you're going to miss that one little spike and then end up losing money. It happens all automatically. And a lot of the trading systems that are on- online allow you to place those trades ahead of, to- ahead of time. I know Robinhood does. I know TD Ameritrade does. I know a lot of the other ones do. So if this is something that you're thinking about doing, um, bookmarking that calculator is actually just kind of a really neat thing to have a quick access to. Um, so I'm definitely going to recommend that. And, um, you have a Russ, you've got a multi, a multi-step, like a quick intro course to starting trading on your website too. Don't you? Yes. It's an email course. I believe the sign up is, uh, at the bottom of the homepage. Okay. I will link to that as well. Um, one, one last question that I want to ask, and I ask all my guests this it's to, it can be completely off topic. Your answer can be completely off topic. Um, but it's, it's a, it's one of my favorite questions that I got from one of my, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Tim Ferriss from the Tim Ferriss show. Um, this, the, the answer to this question is just so apropos for the small moves community. And it centers around, you know, trying to find something seemingly small that could have a dramatic impact. Um, so if you need to think about it for a second, feel free. But the, the question is what purchase have you made in recent memory of a hundred dollars or less that has had the most dramatic impact on your life in some way? Um, it could be financial related. It could be, you know, the thing that keeps your 10 month old asleep in bed because it makes the right kind of white noise that finally keeps him comfortable. It could be an app that helps you build your clients easier whatever. It, it, it can be literally anything across the board, but try and keep the number capped at a hundred bucks. So can, can you think of anything that you've made that, that you've bought recently or all the way down to something free if you want to, um, that would, that you'd say has probably had the biggest impact on your life, you or your family. 
Well, you mentioned something about keeping the baby asleep. Uh, I did purchase a $15 noise machine that uh, now, because it makes background noise, yeah. I don't have to worry about being super quiet in the house at night when he sleeps, and he sleeps 12 hours through the night. Oh, so. my God. That's heaven. That's pretty. It's a pretty fantastic tool for fifteen bucks. <laughs> oh my god! What what is it? What is it called? So I can link to it on the site. Um, I had to. I might have to send it to you, but it's off Amazon. So I I can't remember what, exactly what it's called, but it's like a little noise machine. It's um, actually it may be more than fifteen bucks, but it's no more than thirty. Okay. I think it may it may have, may have been on sale when I bought it. I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure on that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, make sure make sure you send me that link because I want to make sure that I put that in the show notes. All right, Russ. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take it easy. All right, you too. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast with my buddy Russ Comer. Uh, Russ gave a lot of really great information during that conversation, and I really hope you guys got a lot out of it. Um, again, go to his website at tradingtap.com and make sure to sign up for his email course. It'll really run you through all the basics that you need to know about trading stocks, whether it's something that you're interested in doing or not. It's information that's really great to have and really great to know so that you can make an informed decision of whether this is something that would interest you in the future or not. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you wouldn't mind going to the Small Moves website, either at smallmoves.co forward slash community, that'll take you to the community Facebook page where we talk about the details of each of the different shows and I get, I kind of take reviews from everybody about how the show went and try and get some feedback about the topic and whether this is something you want to hear more about in the future. Um, also, go on over to Twitter and just search for my name, Jason Hertzberger. You can find the spelling of that in the on the website or in the show notes. And uh, just click follow there just so you can try and get some of the updates that we send out about small moves from through the Twitter feed. I'm glad you guys came on board for this show. I really hope you got something out of this conversation with Russ. Uh, Definitely, again, go back to his website, tradingtap.com, and check it out. Uh, With that, hope you have a great week. You've got this. (laughs) 